Better listen what the man says. It was gonna be, I don't know, like just gonna eight hours and twenty. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Literally Literary. With us, as always, Mr. Shadva. I'm Joey Bonnier, and here he is, about six drinks in. Hi. Sean O'Brien. <laughs> six drinks. I don't know. I made a joke. Yeah. More like six puffs of weed. Happy 420. I haven't had any weed. Yeah, this is not going to be 420 when they hear this. I know, but we are going to put this out Sunday. Okay. You know why? Why? Because he said so. Books. Jesus Christ. Well, we don't have to if you don't want me to. <laughs> I have two piles of books here. Uh, Sean do Fall. what I want. Sean Fall, I have yeah. two piles of books here. Okay. Okay. Joey, I have two piles of books. Okay. One of which is like a 420-based, like pot-laced pile, Okay. which will come out Sunday. So it's like old. Although today is 420, but our viewers don't really care. Listeners. Okay. Maybe. You never know. Or I have the NSA is viewing us. Or Hi. I have this other pile that I could read. Mm. Okay. Number two. I hadn't. I just said, or do you. Yeah. I, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Joey, which pile? <laughs> weed pile or non. Weed pile or, or straight pile? I think you should put both of them on the board. Put them all? Yeah. Drop yeah. them both on the table. Jesus. Okay. Cool. Show me your. Balls. Pile one. And pile two is now in the thing that I was prepared for. Christ. He's currently bending down to pick up the books. Uh, searching through the satchel and another less uh, triumphant. So I have, books. I'll read the weed pile the first. I have Lewis Car- the complete works of Lewis Carroll, Midsummer mm. Night's Dream. Uh, Inherent Vice by Thomas Pynchon. And then literally all the Hunter S. Thompson that I have. Um, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, The Rum Diary, The Great Shark Hunt, and mm. uh, Fear and Loathing in America. Uh, these two larger books on the bottom are basically um, collections of his journalistic endeavors, um, more or less throughout his career. This is Hunter Thompson. Hunter S. Thompson, yeah. Was he a weed smoker? He, he was, was an, an everything, everything consumer. Jenks, <laughs> <laughs> right. buy me something. That wasn't a Jenks moment. It was close enough. And we're not going to. The uh, other pile I have is uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest by Ken Kesey. <laughs> the Crying of Lot 49 by Thomas Pynchon. On the Road by Jack Kerouac. East of Eden by Steinbeck. John Steinbeck. Uh, Mrs. Dalloway by Virginia Woolf. The Great Gatsby by F. Scott Fitzgerald. Man, F. Scott Fitzgerald. And Sons and Lovers by D.H. Lawrence. <laughs> um, so the theme for the second pile... Actually, anybody? Can you guys guess? Get Sean to say the F. Scott Fitzgerald joke. I don't know. They seem to be a similar time of period. Time, uh, time just period. preoccupation. Fifties. Preoccupation. Travel. Another character. Oh. Travel's oh. part of it too, but mostly no, no. Eight, no I don't think any of these actually. Dalloway. Are. How is they're all Dalloway is nineteen twenty five. Okay. All of these are actually post nineteen twenty. I don't know when Sons and Lovers was written actually, but I want to say twentieth uh, century. No, okay. these are all twentieth century I, for sure. I said fifties, like. 1950s and 1850s. It was a stupid. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Anyway, so, so Mr. those are O'Brien, our two piles. Yeah. Um, not that I'm any. suggesting either of them, but I will tell you that on this table there are uh, 
in a rare, literally literary moment, not one but two books that I have read entirely. It's happening. I'm going to guess Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Obviously. And One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Nope. Oh, okay. Hang on. Um, please don't let it be on the road. No, nope. uh, we already well, did. So, that. so are you counting um, Alice in Wonderland? Nope. Okay. Joey, do you have a guess? No. I hope it wasn't Sons and Lovers. No. Okay. <laughs> it's a pain in the ass. That's why. Inherent vice. I'm pretty sure you'd hate what it. What was the obvious no, choice? The obvious choice was on the road. No. What was the obvious choice that was number one? The obvious choice that was yeah, number one? Yeah, the, the one that you was dismissed as being correct. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yes. No, no. I said that's one of them. You said there's two books. I'm right, trying right. to figure out this. And I, I'm trying to lead you to the second one. Oh, The Rum Diary? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess there'll be a, Hans- a Thompson day. <laughs> well, you've led. Well, anyway, Joey, do you have a, a a suggestion for any of these? Thompson is the you know the weighted one. In, in- I've never read Hunter S. Thompson. I got to be honest. Really, I've always been a little turned off. Well, it is four twenty, folks. So, um, the issue is, I I saw the movie before I knew who he was, so I hated the movie until I understood because the movie itself has no character development. It has no character introduction. You are just plopped in this world and expected to know who Hunter is. That's um, fair. Once I understood that, I I definitely became uh, uh, a a big fan of the movie and of the uh, the writings in general. But the problem therein is when I read Hunter S. Thompson, I hear Johnny Depp in my head. Well, soon you'll hear me in your head. Mm. Um, it's too late. I Man. really like. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I've never read The Rum Diary. I always mm. meant to one summer just read the shit out of it and be totally trashed on rum. That was my first uh, trip to San Diego. Um, right on. Coming from Chicago, it seemed like an appropriate That's read. That's about right. Yeah, mm. for sure. Um, I also have read uh, some of The Great Shark Hunt, I think. Mm. Um, this has some of his earlier ones. One of the most famous, of course, was Fear and Loathing, I think, on the campaign trail. Mm. Um, and Which I don't know if I ever read that one. I think I've read like parts the of other, a lot of those. But. Yeah. The other one, which I did read though, was, um, it's either called fear and loathing, um, at the, the Kentucky Derby or just like something about the Kentucky Derby. Hmm. Wait, maybe that's fear and loathing in America. <laughs> Are you sure you're not confusing him with Twain? Yes. <laughs> what the fuck? Where the fuck? No, it's this one. I, I recognize the cover. Where is it? Schmuck? A, a rather Trumpian cover. Um, He's, so, got the, he's got the MAGA hat. Yeah, it looks like a MAGA red hat. Did I just like write a check mark? Or like, well, there's a table of contents, you shirt. fucking piece of shit. Yeah, that's how books work. You know what, Sean? I thought Paul, you were you're the literate gonna, one, You're just going to have to relax, Sean. You're just going to have to relax. Look you at know the what? fancy lad that's read all the books. Trump is really fat. Like, yeah. people need to say that. <laughs> I mean, he's not like taft, you know, stuck in a tub fat, but he's... He's very close. Uh, if they, If he had... Taft's bathtub. I think Taft has an unfair thing. He might have had a really small bathtub. That's true. Yeah, the, we, the, the jury's still oh, out. It's called the Kentucky Derby is, is decadent and depraved. <laughs> that really sounds, sounds accurate. Um, so I can either read that one, which, when's the Kentucky Derby? It's like in a while. Um, it might actually <laughs> line up uh, with the release of this episode. When is it out? When is the Kentucky Derby? Maybe uh, I'll read that. Otherwise, I'm just going to jump look. to Fear and Loathing Las Jesus Vegas. Jesus Christ. What would you guys prefer in my in my Thompson realm? I don't know. I was just going to have you flip and say stop somewhere. A, a Proopsian move. Um, a Proops. Oh, like douchey? Greg Proops. 
I thought you were like purposefully misquoting or, you know, mispronouncing Proust. Layers, baby. It's all there. May 6th. Fucking. What the hell have I done to you? May 6th. The fuck have I done to you? May 6th. Oh, I've always been into layers. Is it a Sunday? They all have to be funny. Saturday. Well. Okay. I guess the Kentucky Derby is depraved and decadent. We'll read that one. God damn it. May 6th, really? Already? Hmm. There's no such thing as seasons living in California. What? I just forget, like, what time of year things happen. Look for the Yacarandas. Sure. <laughs> What's going on? I don't know. <clears throat> he wants me to follow moose tracks. The Kentucky Derby is decadent and depraved. I got off the plane around midnight, and no one spoke as I crossed the dark runway to the terminal. The air was thick and hot, like wandering into a steam bath. Inside. I think you need a cigarette holder in your mouth. Inside, people hugged. There you go. Do you want me? Do you want me to do it? I was no. just trying to get close to it. <laughs> That's just how I. I could carry easily. You're a hunter. I'll do. I'll do hunter. It's fine. Um, I got to the plane around midnight. No one spoke as I crossed the dark runway. That's more the Bill Murray version. That's right. a good choice. Well, no, I'm, I'm okay. I'm good. trying to compliment. Uh, you. The air was thick. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's that a, was uncomfortable. It's that a, was very uncomfortable. Where the buffalo roam? It's a much rarer choice in right. the, uh, the artistic. Uh, I don't know any of these references. I don't know any of these references. The air was thick and hot, like wandering into a steam bath. Inside, people hugged each other and shook hands. Big grins and whoop here and there. Here and there. My God, you old bastard! Good to see you, boy. Good. Good to see you, boy. Damn good, and I mean it. In the air conditioning lounge, I met a man from Houston who said his name was something or other, but I called him Jimbo, and he was here to get it on. I'm ready for anything, by God, anything at all. Yeah, what are you drinking? I heard a margarita with ice, but he wouldn't hear of it. No, no, what the hell kind of drink is that for Kentucky Derby time? What's wrong with you, boy? Grinned and winked and went to the bartender. What do you guys think the wink is? What do, you, do you know what the, the, the drink is for the Kentucky Derby? You must know. Oh, yeah. That's the, uh, the mint julep. Baby. Mint julep, yeah. baby. God damn. We got to educate this boy. It's a stupid drink. Get him some good whiskey. I shrugged. Okay. Uh, okay. A double old fizz on ice. Jimbo nodded his approval. Look. He tapped me on the arm to make sure I was listening. I know this Derby crowd. I come here every year. And let me tell you one thing I learned. There's no town to be giving people the impression you're some kind of faggot. Not in public, anyway. Shit, they roll you out in a minute. Knock you in the head and take every goddamn cent you have. Uh, I thanked him and put Marlboro in my cigarette holder. Say, he said, you look like you might be in horse business. Am I right? No, I said. I'm a photographer. Oh, yeah? He met my ragged leather bag with a new interest. Is that what you got there? Cameras? Who you work for? Playboy, I said. <laughs> <laughs> He laughed. Well, goddamn! What are you gonna take pictures of naked horses? Ha! Huh. I guess you've been working pretty hard when they run Kentucky, Kentucky oats. That's face just for Phyllis. He was, he was laughing wildly. Hell yes, and they'll all be naked too. I shook my head and said nothing. I just heard him for a moment, trying to gr- look grim. There's, <clears throat> there's going to be trouble. I said. My assignment is to take pictures trouble of the riot with a capital T. <laughs> My, my assignment is to take pictures of the riot. What riot? I hesitated, twirling the ice in my drink. If there's not a Hunter Thompson musical, we should really write it. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck <laughs> you. Yeah, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, that sounds good. Sorry. <laughs> I hesitated. Twirling the, ice, twirling, the, twirling the ice my drink. 
At the track. On Derby Day. Black Panthers. I stared at him again. Don't you read the newspapers? The grin on his face had collapsed. What the hell are you talking about? Well, maybe I should be telling you, I shrugged. But, hell, everybody else seems to know. Cops and the National Guard have been getting ready for six weeks. They have 20,000 troops on alert at Fort Knox. They've warned us. All the present photographers to wear helmets and special vests like black jackets. We were told to expect shooting. No! He shouted. His hands flew up and hovered momentarily between us as if to ward off some of the words he was hearing. Then he whacked his fist in the bar. Those sons of bitches! God almighty! The Kentucky Derby? He kept shaking his head. No, Jesus! That's almost too bad! Fuck, sorry. Was that Darby? Yeah, that's how yeah. it's spelled, yeah. actually. Is it really? Yeah. Well, how do you spell uh, Darby? D-A-R-B-Y. How do you spell Derby? D-E-R-B-Y. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it was just me. No, it is D-E-R-B-Y. Okay. I that's... feel like it was earlier, he, he kind of, like, enunciated the A, but anyway. Hmm. Sorry, that's how people say it in England. That's how the UK says it. Darby. Darby. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Isn't that the little house elf? <laughs> that's Dobby. Oh. No, Jesus, that's almost too bad to believe. Now, now he seemed to be sagging on a stool when he looked up at his eyes and were misty. Why? Why here? <sighs> O'Brien would make a great dungeon master. Don't they? What are the qualifications? Don't they respect anything? Random voices, storytelling. All around nerdiness. Very basically. Kind of, it's very kind of both of you. Uh, knowledge of arcane information. I'm just going to drink while you guys are talking. Yeah. Thank you for... I, I know that's why you did that, so yeah. I could drink, but I was like doing a thing. <laughs> Arcane information. <laughs> just trying to help a brother out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know... You know it was much appreciated. D&D books would... are thick. Okay. There's a lot of monsters in that manual. Oh, what do we get tonight, God. by the way? What, what are we eating? Uh, I got a calzone. Oh, it's 420. Yeah. That's right. Joey, <laughs> Joey was very Why is excited. that related? Oh, because Joey we're got reading, a whole pizza. Well, not only that, but we're really... Yeah. Re- oh, yeah. Joey, Joey, what did you get? <laughs> now, Sean just... Uh, I got That's a whole pizza. No, no, no. You got a whole pizza, but what's, what was the name of this pizza? It's called the Deluxe. <laughs> <laughs> and also something else, if I remember correctly. It's large. No, I know that, but you, you also got one other thing. I got a piece of cheesecake. No. Is that because today is 420 and you just wanted to get everything you No, got? that's because he's Joey and he orders dessert. To be fair, yes, I do like ordering <laughs> dessert no matter where I go. He, he is the only grown man I know that consistently orders dessert. He's an inspiration. Agreed. <laughs> You're welcome. Agreed. Why? Why here? Don't they respect anything? When I get diabetes, it's your fault. I shrugged again. It's not, just, <laughs> it's not just the Panthers. It's not just the Panthers. The FBI says busloads of white crazies are coming from all over the country to mix with the crowd and attack us, attack us all at once, from, all, from every direction. They'll be dressed like everybody else, you know, coats and ties and all that. But when the trouble starts, well, that's why the cops are so worried. He's out for a moment, looking hurt and confused and not quite able to digest all the terrible news. Then he cried out, Oh, Jesus, what in the name of God is happening to this country? Why can't you get away from it? Not here, I said, picking up my bag. Thanks for the drink, and good luck. He grabbed my arm, urging me to have another. But I said I was overdue at the press club and hustled off to get my act together for the awful spectacle. At the airport newsstand, I picked up a courier journal and scanned the front page of the headlines. Nixon sends GIs to Cambodia to hit Reds. B-52s raid, then 2,000 GIs advanced 20 miles. 4,000 U.S. troops deployed near Yale as tension grows over Panther protest. At the bottom of the fridge was a photo of Diane Crump, soon to become the first woman jockey ever to ride the Kentucky Derby. The <laughs> photographer had snapped her, quote, stopping in the barn at to f- barn area to fondle the mount. Fathom. 
end quote. The rest of the paper was spotted in the ugly war news and stories of student unrest. Then there was no mention of any trouble between at a brewing university. Oh, <clears throat> then there was there was no mention of any trouble brewing at a university in Ohio called Kent State. I went to the Hertz desk to pick my car, but the moon-faced young swinger in charge said he didn't have any. <clears throat> you can't rent one anywhere, he assured me. Our derby reservations have been booked for six weeks. I explained my agent had confirmed a white Chrysler convertible for me that very afternoon, and he, but he shook his head. Maybe we have cancellation. Where are you staying? I shrugged. Where's the Texas crowd staying? I want to be with the people. He sighed. My friend, you're in trouble. This town is flat full. Everybody is for the derby. I leaned in closer to him, half whispering. Look, I'm from Playboy. How would you like to get the job? <laughs> he backed off quickly. What? Come on, man. What kind of a job? Never mind, I said. You just blew it. I swept my bag off the counter and went to find a cap. The bag is a valuable prop in this kind of work. Mine has a lot of baggage tags on it. SF, LA, NY, Lima, Rome, Bangkok, that sort of thing. And the most prominent tag of all is a very official, plastic-coated thing that says Photog, Playboy Mag. I bought it from a pimp in Vail, Colorado, and he told me how to use it. I heard Playboy has recently uh, decided to go back to uh, depicting nudes. Mm, correct. <laughs> you seem a little too excited about that, sir. You, you realize the internet exists? Well, that's where I'm going to log into Playboy. <laughs> I'm going to buy a subscription on the Playboy and use the internet. I don't understand Pe the problem. People it's, pay exactly. for porn? That's a thing? Why would there be any free... I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> like, I can... No, well, before I'd always have to go into, like, gas stations and stuff like that and buy the magazine. Yeah. And then they stopped doing it, so I couldn't do it anymore. But, but now, not only is, are they going to do the nudes again, I can, like, Playboy's online. I can just, like, buy the subscription <laughs> and go online, and I can see them without going anywhere. It's just such buy, a it's only brilliant like, business model. I think it's, like, five bucks a month or something. I don't understand how any porn makes money. It just, it, it doesn't uh, seem like Advertising. They <laughs> they make it up in uh, in uh, oh, damn, volume. That was the, yeah. That was the Sorry. joke. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> he told me how to use it. Oh, sound guys, we make it up in volume. Sorry. Uh. <laughs> Never mention Playboy until you're sure they've, they've seen the thing first. He said, then, when you see them notice it, that's the time to strike. They'll go belly up every time. This thing is magic, I tell you. Pure magic. Well, maybe so. I'd used it in the poor geek in the bar, and now, humming along in the yellow cab toward town, I felt a little guilty about jaggling the poor old bugger's brain with this evil fantasy. But, jaggling? Yeah. Okay. Jangling, sorry. Mm. Jangling it was evil thing. But what the hell? Anybody who wanders around the world saying, Hell yes, I'm from Texas, deserves whatever happens to him. And he had, after all, come here once again to make the 19th century ass of himself in the midst of some jaded, atavistic freakout with nothing to recommend except a very, very saleable... Yeah, saleable tradition. Atavistic? Uh, yeah, atavistic. A-T-A-V-I-S-T-I-C. Atavistic. Do you have any idea? Yeah, sure. I, I would just say, like, um, purely, purely for visual pleasure. That's my guess. Relating to or characterized by rev reversion to something ancient or ancestral. Well, I'm, I'm wrong. <laughs> I could argue a couple ways, but not. Mm, yeah, like yeah. antiquated essentially is what. Yeah. Okay. Atavistic freakout. 
Uh, Early in our chat, Jimbo told me that he hadn't missed the Derby since 1954. It's head round for us. This little lady wouldn't come out anymore, he said. She just grits her teeth and turns me loose for this one. And when I say loose, I do mean loose. I tossed $10 bills around like they were going out of style. Horses, whiskey, women, shit. There's women in this town that'll do anything for money. Why not? Money's a good thing to have in these <laughs> twisted times. Even Richard Nixon is hungry for it. Only a darker day is before Derby, he said. Only the darker day was before the Derby, he said. If I had any money, I'd invest in the stock market. And the stock market, meanwhile, continued its grim slide. What going? year is this? Uh, 1954, I guess. Is that right? Oh, no. Sorry. Uh, 54. That seems right. No, I didn't know what I meant was that. Anyway. Um, I didn't say. Hmm. Uh, ba -ba 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 -ba. I guess we could find out. That's a fun game. Hmm. What's the, uh, the Kentucky so It's called the Derby. Kentucky Derby is Decadent and Depraved. Um, so the Kent State. Sounds like a South Park title. When was Kent State? 64? Um, no, I have no idea. 69? That sounds way too late. No way. Uh, survey says uh, 70. Why is Google cutting off the number? What are you looking up? He's looking up the book. I'll 1970. Look up the book. Uh, National was... Guard on uh, oh. Kent State Kent shooting. Kent State was 1970. Uh, May 4th, 1970. So 69 would have felt like, you know, that. Joey, I deeply apologize. You are correct. Hmm. Joey Shragan said, me. Yeah. <laughs> Shall I keep going on that this? That one doesn't feel or like do a you mean it, do, you mean it, do you guys want me to do a. A bunch of like Hunter, do you want to turn something random? Do you want to like start fear and loathing? Do you want to keep going on this story? Joey? Does he have a, yeah, fear and loathing. Fear and loathing. Just start with fear and loathing. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Right on. Four score and 20 years ago. Our forefathers set forth on a new nation. That's, to be honest with you, just as, <laughs> it's, it's as correct as it could be. <laughs> and I do apologize on this one, but I'm going to probably very do. Like some Johnny Depp shit on this. Yeah, it's kind of hard not to. I like, love it. I I've read this book like four times. I love this fucking you, book. I mean, it's it's almost direct script. Like it is. Uh, it seems like a fairly easy translation to the script they use. Not that the visualization of that script was an easy thing I've to do. I've seen the movie many, yeah. many times yeah. too. But I've read this whole fucking book like four times, which mm. is crazy. My sister and I read it out loud to each other once. That's weird. Like the we're gonna leave. I know it would be weird, but yeah. we were leaving for Vegas the next day. And we had nothing to do that day. And we were like, let's just read Fear and Loathing. So we read it out. It was a lot of fun. Did you Again, play different strange characters? strange definition of fun. No, we just read page by page. Mm. Um, <clears throat> Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. <laughs> a Savage Journey to the Heart of the American Dream by Hunter S. Thompson. To Bob Grieger, for reasons that need not be explained here. And to Bob Dylan, or Mr. Tambourine. <laughs> Fuck Dylan. There's an inscription at the very beginning. It says, Hey. Yeah. He who makes a beast of himself gets rid of the pain of being a man. Dr. Johnson. Part one. Everybody knows this part. We were somewhere around Barstow, on the edge of the desert, when the drugs began to take hold. I remember saying something like, This is backcountry. I feel a bit lightheaded. Oh, damn. Maybe you should drive. Oh, the pizza's here. Wow. He's knocking, too. Jeez. I'm just going to keep going anyway. And suddenly there was a terrible roar all around us, and the sky was full of what looked like huge bats all swooping and screeching and diving around the car, which was going around 100 miles an hour at the top down in Las Vegas. And a voice was screaming, Holy Jesus, what are all these goddamn animals? And it was quiet again. 
That fucking smells goddamn good as hell. Holy shit, that smells really good. <laughs> then it was quiet again. My attorney had taken his shirt off and was pouring beer in his chest to facilitate the tanning process. As your attorney, what the hell are you laughing? What the hell are you yelling about? He muttered, staring up at the sun with his eyes closed and covering his wraparound Spanish sunglasses. Never mind, I said. It's your turn to drive. I hit the brakes and aimed the great red shark toward the shoulder of the highway. No point mentioning these bats, I thought. The poor bastard will see them soon enough. All right, let me just skip to the beautiful part. Because I, I, I do want to get back to read this whole thing at some point, but... Gotcha. I, I, I once, uh, as a Halloween costume, went as Benicio Del Toro as the doctor. Well done, sir. Um, is that racially insensitive? No. Did you put on makeup? I did put on Tanner. Yes. Hmm. The answer is slightly yes. Isn't what he year? Italian? What year? Um, I don't know. It had to be like... How old were you? I think it's pre-9-11. How old were you? Uh, late teens, early 20s. Hmm. Right. Possible right legal drinking the, age. Right on the cusp. Yeah. Of, of responsibility yeah. for, uh, you should feel guilty for one's about racism. This. <laughs> <laughs> I should have been more woke at that age. I, uh, yeah, maybe. You also have to understand that, that, you know, we were coming out of 80s culture into 90s. And, you know, we, uh, you, you, we were a little bit more of a transitional buffer for you little millennials to be the snowflakes that you are. What uh, year were you born? Uh, 1980. You're a millennial. Mm, that's debatable, depending on which chart and fucking thing you use. Some put me as X, some put me as uh, millennials. Fine. Some make up a new generation for my waywardness. Guys, why can't I find this? Because you're fucking useless. Yeah, I'm trying to buy you time, but okay. you're just fucking no, I over I, here, I, I man. I think I found it. Then. Just rambling like a goddamn artard. <laughs> that was good. <clears throat> um, so, here's the probably the most famous part of the book. Uh-oh. It was the best of times, it was the worst of times. Settle in, it's roughly, I don't know, four minutes long, I guess. Oh, God, Jesus. I'm hungry. <laughs> Start eating. You don't have to say anything. What? I can't do that on microphone. Do your reading. Strange memories on this nervous night in Las Vegas. Five years later? Six? Seems like a lifetime. Or at least in the main era. The kind of peak that never comes again. San Francisco in the middle 60s was a very special time and place to be a part of. Maybe it meant something. Maybe not. In the long run, no explanation. No mix of words or music or memories can touch that sense of knowing that you were there and alive in that corner of time in the world. Never. History is hard to know because of all the hired bullshit, but even without being sure of history, it seems entirely reasonable to think that every now and what then... What about history? The energy of a whole generation comes to the head in a long line of flash for reasons that nobody really understands at the time and which never explain in retrospect what actually happened. My central memory of that time seems to hang on one or five or maybe 40 nights or early mornings when I left the Fillmore half crazy and instead of going home, aimed the big 650 lightning across the Bay Bridge at 100 miles an hour wearing L.L. Bean shorts and a butte sheepherder's jacket booming through the Treasure Island Tunnel at the lotus, as the lights of un- England, Jesus, <clears throat> as the, at the lights of Oakland and Berkeley and Richmond, not quite sure which turnoff to take when I got to the other end. Always stalling at the toll gate, too twisted to find neutral while I fumbled for change, but being absolutely certain that no matter which way I went, I would come to a place where people were just as high as I, just as high and wild as I was. 
No doubt about that. There was madness in any direction, at any hour. If not across the bay, then up the Golden Gate or down the 101 to Los Altos or La Honda. Good strike sparks anywhere. There was a fantastic, universal sense that whatever we were doing was that we were winning. And that, I think, was the handle. That sense of inevitable victory over the forces of old and evil. Not in any mean or military sense. We didn't need that. Our energy would simply prevail. There was no point in fighting. Our side or theirs. We had all the momentum. We were riding the crest of a high and beautiful wave. So, now, less than five years later, you can go up on a steep hill in Las Vegas and look west. The right kind of eyes, you can almost see the high water. The place where the wave finally broke. Thank you for listening to another episode of Literally... Never worth warning. <laughs> As you're chewing onto the microphone. Remember to follow us up on Politrinker on, on Twitter. And um, go on to fuckass.com and give us money if you can. And you can pay for pizza and shit like that. And then uh, rate us on iTunes. I feel so dirty every time I have to fucking do this. I hate it so You much. should. I, I, love, I love that you do it. I, I have, don't to. have to. I hate it. It's <laughs> just, I feel I hate it. it. Oh, it's, it's yeah, it's akin to uh, putting out the busket. It's, uh, um, I, 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 I Arms for the poor. Is it? Is it? Yeah, exactly. Arms is it, for is the it poor. necessary? Uh, well, Who knows? you know.